The world needs hope now more than ever. Welcome to the Exalted Podcast, where we share messages of hope, health, and healing. We want you to be unapologetic about your faith, your success, your health, and the miracles that God is doing in your life. I am your host, Jen Beyer, and my mission is to equip you in your faith so well that you are able to be a hope dealer in your communities. Being as generous as possible with your time, your money, and the talents that the Lord has blessed you with. Welcome back to the Exalted Podcast. I am so excited to have my friend Amy Maratz here today. Amy is the director and lead educator at Awakening Spirit Homeschool. It's a Christian school, holistic, nature-based micro school that takes families with overwhelmed, highly sensitive children and helps them reignite a love of learning in three months or less. And I start every episode with a Jesus moment and how the Lord is working and showing up in our lives. And I'm super excited to share this part of our story today because this is really the culmination of Amy and I's partnership. And this school has had such a huge impact on our entire family, my children. And so I'm going to take you back to several years ago when my youngest son uh, was in pre-K and he had had a lot of life happen to him. He'd had some pretty chronic health issues um, as a toddler. And if you know anything about chronic health issues, especially when you're in those critical development years, a lot of times the body's so focused on what's going on health-wise that the development is not happening. So my son was really behind. We had had him in uh, the public school and he was going through the special ed program at that school. He was getting a lot of services and we were just kind of in a place that we were struggling. And at that time, Amy reached out to me and just asked me if I would be interested in this homeschool co-op. And I was so overwhelmed with everything that was going on. I, I didn't totally understand, but I was set that the services that he was getting were what was going to help him. And so I politely turned her down, but we continued to go throughout that school year and I continued to watch my son struggle. Uh, we got to spring conferences and we had just gotten this report back that, you know, the special ed teacher and the preschool teacher didn't think he was ready for kindergarten. And they didn't think that he could come back to school without being medicated and I was so frustrated because we were at spring conferences, and this was really the first update I had gotten all year long. And then we had also gotten just this off. We had had this huge autistic um, panel done on him for, with our functional medicine doctor, and I had gotten that report back just a couple of days prior, and and that was pretty grim too. We had a really long road to go in healing and things that we needed to do because he had just been exposed to something that were just really wreaking havoc on his body. And so I was really discouraged. And I got to that that Thursday of that week. So you know Tuesday I'd gotten the the functional health report. Wednesday I'd gotten the preschool report that he wasn't ready and he they didn't think he could move on. And then Thursday I showed up at this networking group and it was a Christian based networking group. It was my, my very first time there. Probably wasn't in the right state of mind to go, but I'm so thankful that I did. Uh, I sat down at this table and we had a fellowship type setting and each one of us got to just share a little bit about like what was going on in our lives. And I got to me and, and I just lost it. I just started bawling and I just laid everything out there that was going on with my son. And this woman next to me pulled me aside and said, do you know Amy Maratz? And 
And I was like, yeah. She said, do you know that she runs like a homeschool out of her home for, for highly sensitive kids that need a little bit more extra one-on-one attention? She's like, I really, I really think that you should look into it. And at that time, Amy, the school was really small. Amy and this beautiful woman, Amanda, that sat next to me, Amanda was the only parent in the school because the only other child besides Amy's children was Amanda's child. And so the Lord put the only other parent in the entire school next to me when I was finally ready to listen. And I'll be honest, that's all it took. I knew my son was going to go to this school in that exact moment. I didn't even need to go visit the school. I knew that that was the Lord. There was no doubt in my mind. Now, my husband took a little bit longer as as husbands sometimes do, but uh, we did end up there and we have been there. This, This coming school year will be year five. Is that right, Amy? That's right. Yeah, you're five, and I'm so thankful. My youngest son went that year, and then my oldest son, who had always done great in school, but is a little highly sensitive himself, and he just started to struggle more so with what some of the public schools are doing in terms of just not allowing children to be themselves. And I want to say that as respectfully as possible, because I think there's a lot of amazing teachers out there. I don't hate public school. I don't want this to be like a big war on public school, but there are some things that are happening, especially to boys that I see that they're not allowing them to be themselves. So we made the, we made the shift. Both of my kids have been there now for years and it's been one of the biggest blessings. So welcome, Amy. I'm so excited for you to just share about the school. So take me, well, go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm honored and humbled and so excited to be able to share our our journey and the, the progress that we've made in the last five, six years, and to hopefully inspire some people who are looking for an alternative and don't yes. know what to do. Yes, yes, yes. So take me back to the beginning. Take me back to, Amy and I knew each other from basically a mom's groups. It was, is what it was. And I remember her contemplating pulling her oldest child out of public school because she was struggling or she wasn't in public school. She was in private school, but she was struggling a little bit. So take me back to kind of the thought process at that time. For sure. Yeah. Jen and I go way back to uh, baby days with our, our two youngest children. Um, and it's funny that our, our oldest kids are in school together right now and they don't even really remember being in the childcare center know, at, the, at that so same funny. time. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was, uh, you know, a young mom. I had a three-year-old and a, she's probably three and a half and a, and a, and a baby. Um, and we had actually found wonderful Waldorf school in the Twin Cities that we really enjoyed. And I, I learned so much from those teachers about setting rhythms and predictability being a huge part of early childhood education that a lot of uh, parents and teachers just don't, don't understand or, or grasp that simplicity. We, you know, did things like no screen time and we had all kinds of outdoor and nature activities and the kids were involved in real work. Um, and, and I love that, that part and the beauty of the Waldorf setup and curriculum. It, it's all about making sure the aesthetics are beautiful because what we take into our minds and our souls is what we allow to grow there. So it's all about having soft colors, um, beautiful stories, 
things that are going to be good for our souls. But what was happening was it was time to transition to first grade. And honestly, price was a huge factor in it. Um, We could make it work for one kid, but knowing that we had another little guy coming up in the, in the ranks, um, it was prohibitive. So uh, during Easter, we went to my husband, Dave and, and my son and daughter, and I went to my parents' house for Easter. And my mom is a lifelong educator. And I actually already had my master's in education at that point in time, but I had, I had stopped teaching in the public system um, because I had my kids and that's what I shifted my focus to. And so I'm talking to my mom about the different options for schools. We had visited the public school, which was literally across the street from us. Alex wouldn't even have had to walk across a road to get there. It's all this beautiful pathway system. But as we walked in, it was loud and jarring. And there are um, these fluorescent lights that are flickering and lockers slamming. And I just thought there's no way that my daughter, who is used to such a calm, quiet, ordered environment, is going to be able to thrive in this. Yeah. Um, my husband agreed. And and so as I talked to my mom about this, she said, well, Amy, you you are an educator. And I said, yeah. Well, no, you are an educator. <laughs> so I stopped. <laughs> and I thought, you know what? I I am. I have I have my master's degree. Now, not that I think that makes me better than anybody else, but yeah, for me, not. that was like the proof that I needed to say, okay, I'm brave enough to do this and start homeschooling. And so I went into um, our early childhood class and I bravely announced that I was taking a new job because I'm a somewhat dramatic like that. And, <laughs> and I said, I am going to homeschool my kids. That is my new job. And I approached it as such. And it, it turned into one um, as uh, people saw what I was doing. Uh, they were interested and they were asking questions. And, and Amanda, the, um, the beautiful one that you referred to from your network meeting, was my personal trainer. And she would ask me all these questions about, well, how do you do this? How do you do that? And her daughter had been begging her for years and years to, um, to homeschool her. And it just wasn't in Amanda's wheelhouse. She was an entrepreneur. She um, was busy running all these businesses. She didn't have an extra splice of her day to carve out for educating her daughter. And let's um, be honest, point, not all of us have, the, have those gifts because I'm also in that category that does not have the gifts. <laughs> Right. And that's totally, that's totally cool. And that's why we need lots of options for parents. Absolutely. Absolutely. But, but aren't, you don't, aren't holding those, that certain select gift. And, and Amanda's daughter is also a very highly sensitive child to the point where she was weeping in public school every day. Um, She was the kid who would freeze when the teacher would ask her a question and then not be able to answer and just start crying because of stress. So her little amygdala in her brain was stuck in uh, fear. Like when, you know, people talk about fear, flight, or freezing, mm-hmm. um, that's, she, was, she was stuck in that. Uh, and so Amanda had enough faith in the program that I had put together, and we prayed about it and said, okay, we're going to come together and do this homeschool, this homeschool thing. So Amanda taught uh, health and wellness and nutrition, which was perfect because that is in her wheelhouse. And I taught the academics 
the first year of school, it looked a lot like it was me with three kids. It just looked like I was a family out and about. But we do a lot of field trips. Um, I feel it's really important that kids get out and experience what they're learning. And we're lucky enough to be in the Twin Cities. So we have lots and lots of opportunities to go to museums and parks and zoos and performances. And that's just a huge part of what we do. Yeah, which is uh, so good. We were, as we were, um, and I, this is kind of getting long, but I just want to hop into my my portion of my understanding of God's work in our school, specifically with the story of your son. We were yeah. actually at uh, this, the sports center in town, and the kids were ice skating, and Alex, my daughter, and her little friend were skating, and then my son was like toddling along, and he's like, Mom, I need a friend. <laughs> <I> said, <"You're- laughs> You're right, buddy. You do. And that's when all of a sudden I had, I had never heard God so clearly speak into my heart than when he just put, and I get, I get a lot of my messages, just, just in thoughts that kind of flit through and, and, uh, maybe pictures that come to my mind. And it was a picture of Jen and her son. And I thought, you know what? I know that, you know, you had been such a big support to me when we had started our gluten-free journey um, and so I knew that you were a very conscious and intuitive parent who who was 100% devoted to what was best for your child. And I thought, you know what, I I wonder how they're doing. And I wonder if they have any, any desire at all. And I just kept thinking about it until I was like, okay, fine. I will email her right now. Thank you. I hear you. I hear you. And I'm responding right now. I'm emailing. So that was it's just, it just always amazes me the way that the gears, and I I call it a three-dimensional chessboard that God is in charge of, that all the pieces, I have to be aligned at the right time, but you just don't know exactly what's happening with your piece when, but you know, it's all going to line up perfectly. Yeah, that that's incredible. And you know what the Lord just reminded me of is that that year that I had, you know, that we had put him in the special ed program and I had found this book and it's it's still a book that I rely heavily on, but it really changed the way I pray. And it's called The Power of a Praying Parent. And it gives you really specific ways to pray for your parent. And that year I had been so intentional about praying for the right teacher, the right doctor, the right care team to come into our lives to support him in his journey. And the Lord just dropped that into my heart that I had already been praying for that. And I was just thinking, you know, let the public schools align and have the correct teachers, but that's not... His plans are always way bigger than our plans, right? right? Yeah. Yeah. And so it was just, it was so wonderful um, to bring your youngest guy into our fold. And he is, he's just been one of the awakening spirit kids for, for, uh, yeah, like you said, five years now. And the way that we started was, in so it's really important if you're thinking about starting a homeschool collaborative to look at your state code first of all we live in Minnesota and so our Minnesota state code for homeschooling is pretty pretty easy to understand uh in Minnesota we're required to submit either documentation of vaccinations or conscientious exemption forms we're required to register with the state before a certain date so the superintendent knows who is homeschooling. And then we're re- we are also required to um, 
give a standardized test and we have a choice of three or four that we're allowed to give at the end of the year. We don't have to report those into the state, but we are required to keep keep copies of them in case we do get audited. Uh, and then I also keep track. The first couple of years, I just kept it in a spiral notebook of who was working on what each day, because a lot of our a lot of our days are self-directed by kids and everyone's in an independent reading level, independent math level. And that way, it's just easy to have that in like a planner in case somebody was kind of come in and say, okay, so what, what did you do? And I could just whip it out and say, here is all the work that we did. Right. Um, so that's, that's step one is to figure out your state code for education and what is possible. And what I think is so great about that is I'm going to go back to this self-directed because that is one of the best assets that this school has. So I have two kids. I have one kid that is technically going into seventh grade, but he has finished curriculum as a 12th grader because he's a great reader. And I have another child who's going into fourth grade that's in first grade reading curriculum. And I think it's amazing because that child that's in first grade reading curriculum has struggled with reading, but he's in like, I don't know, fifth or sixth grade math at the same time. So we know he's smart. We just get to focus where he's struggling, but then the kids that are ahead can continue to move ahead. And now, I mean, both of our oldest kids are, have finished this, you know, high school curriculum for reading. And so now they're doing it in another language, which is incredible. Right. Which is amazing. It's so fun to be able to support and guide these kids as they pursue their passions. And that's what you find when you allow kids to really pursue their passions and what they're good at is that there are no limits. I mean, we have to set some limits as in, of course, yeah. okay, well, we can't travel to Japan this year, but <laughs> but we could set that as a goal for a year or two but from we now. We are not saying no. That's the thing. I never say no, unless it's, you know, immediately dangerous to yourself or right. others. We do, right. we do have those types of parameters. I love it. So take me back to, okay, we've got, we've got the two youngest kids and the two oldest kids. And then you started to think about growing it. It started to started happen. to think about growing. I there. had, um, uh, let's say two years ago, I registered right actually when your oldest started and I had five children, I decided to shift the legal operations of the school from a homeschool co- uh, cooperative. Um, and I decided to try to do, well, what if, what would this look like if it was a private school and under Minnesota state law, that's pretty easy to do. And so I had shifted over to that and I was getting more and more interest. And so I grew from three kids the first year to four kids the next year to five kids, then to seven kids. And at that point in time, we were still operating out of the lower level of my family home. And, you know, these big boys are getting bigger and they're like bumping into the walls as they're coming up the stairs and everyone's flopping on my couch at the same time. And I'm like, I love you people, but I think I need some new space. I need, I need a bigger space. Um, and which, which was funny. And it, it actually coincided. Uh, I had started planning out an expansion. I had no idea that it would move so quickly um, but I had my whole, all my parents just praying circles, uh, literally praying circles around holding and finding a space that was perfect for us. I started working with a group that's nationwide and actually that we're just starting to be global uh, called Microschool Builders. 
And um, I went out to a conference in Beltsville, Maryland at the Goodnight Child Empowerment Network, which is an incredible nonprofit that's been operating for 35 years and getting messages of child safety uh, out to children. They've, they do it in uh, the format of a fairy tale with a knight who is teaching these empowering messages to kids. And so their headquarters is the castle. Uh, so when I, I walked into the castle grounds that, that first day, I thought, okay, this is an awesome example of what the power of a small group of committed people can do. And I knew I had that with my parents. And I started working with the microschool builders team and they coached me. I got to take off my, 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 my teaching glasses because beforehand I just was focused solely on these kids and the budget that I had was just solely going back into these kids. And I, you know, when I was at the end of the year, I was kind of looking at things and my husband's like, so we uh, spent how much on this project? <laughs> and I thought, <laughs> okay, I need to start looking at this as a business because in order for it to be sustainable and for me to be able to serve these kids for long term, I do need to make it so that I'm not spending family money in Absolutely. order to support the school. Absolutely. Um, and so I got a lot of business coaching about setting a really clear budget and a business plan. And I walked out of there and I said, okay, we, we can do this. My husband is a hundred percent behind. He's like, I don't even want to call him a silent partner because he's here, but he's, he's like invested as heavily in this uh, project as I am. But we started looking at properties. I was able to with that really sound budget and business plan show um, an investor that I was serious about this and it was going to work. And so I had some funds released to me that would have not been available otherwise in order to make a down payment. Which was such an answer to prayer. I mean, that was a direct result of prayer. (laughs) Directly, directly. I mean, we specifically as a school, even, I mean, Jen came in, Jen was teaching, um, Bible study with us every week. And so she had this wonderful uh, curriculum that she was using where we, it was Circle, wasn't it Circle? Yeah, it was the Circle Maker. Yeah, by Mark Batterson. Yeah. Yeah, So I had the kids circling the property. The kids were circling it. The the kids did, because they wanted, they wanted space too. We, um, the old school was, you know, in my house and we had to, I mean, it's a beautiful neighborhood, but it's not, forested. We didn't have any of the nature stuff that we have just right outside our door here. And that was really the vision was to be able to walk outside and be in nature, be in the forest, be exploring, be learning, be stretching, be creative, all, all here within the property. Yeah. So let's talk about that, that weekend. I don't, I don't want to miss this moment because that weekend that you got to close on that property and we got to move you into the new property that for me was so like that was just such a heart moment like it was such a just tangible manifestation of like watching the lord work so take me back to like how you were feeling that weekend cuz i know i was really emotional so i just want to know how you were oh feeling <laughs> i i was actually time hop just pulled up I don't know why time hop pulled up some memories, which it's aren't congruous to the timing, but no, it's um, not, but that's funny. We've only been in the property since September. We closed at the end of August or maybe even the beginning. I must've been the beginning of September. We closed. 
And just having the keys in my hand and seeing this dream unfolding in front of me and knowing that, you know, it's all because we've, we've all been just so in service to the children, to God's children, um, the children of the day, the children of tomorrow and providing a space that is, is safe and is, is loving and nurturing and allows them to discover who they are and in whose eyes they were created. Uh, it's just, it's just humbling. Honestly, I, um, I pinch myself still every day when I drive up the driveway and get out and I'm like, Oh my gosh, <laughs> I can't believe we have all of this. This is, this is truly amazing. So this new um, property is on 16 acres beautiful property that the kids can run and explore. There's a pond. They have built forts in the the forest. And they really get to just go back to how probably most of our generation was raised, Amy, with like playing outside and like learning from nature. Of course, there's still a classroom curriculum, but it's such a huge part of your program is just allowing them to have that little bit of independence outside so they can learn who they are without somebody telling them who they're supposed to be, which I feel like happens a lot in public school. It is. It's all about allowing them the time and the space to connect to themselves individually and as a, as a group of peers too. Um, connect to nature and, you know, my biggest place where I connect to God is in nature. Not everybody mm, feels that yep, way, same. but that's, that's definitely my, my spot where I can go out and I can just breathe in and just know that he's here. He's in, like, he's in all of us. He's in everything that's around us. And so having a place where we can just go and do that is, is truly amazing. Uh, we work hard to make the inside of our, the inside of our school is just like a home. If, if we, you know, somebody had to move in here tomorrow, they could, we haven't changed things. We haven't installed big teachy type of things. We have a lot of movable desks and chairs and the kids have a lot of comfortable couches and sheepskins and pillows to relax and sit on. And I think that, um, that really goes to the student body feeling like a family. We have, um, 16 kids right now and we have, you know, a handful of openings for next year. We have a handful of kids. We're moving up to um, an independent high school program. So we're going to see how that kind of shakes out. And it, it really is uh, driven by what the students and the families are really what the students need and want. Uh, we have a preschool program that starts at age three and it goes to six, led by an amazing nurturing Christian um He's he's a dad, but he is an educator. Through he's also through. just a saint, man. He is he is right. That is not my. I love I love children. The little ones, I can. They're they're a lot of but are a lot of different. It's a different feel of energy than the older ones are. It is um, yes, but it's really we have siblings, we have cousins, we have, and we're all just kind of one one big community, which is. Sounds kind of hippy dippy, but it's 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 a beautiful thing when everyone feels and and uses the same language and uh, feels the same way about issues. Yeah, it has been one of the greatest blessings in our lives. So, 
why don't you share a little bit if people are interested in maybe duplicating this? Um, Cause I know not everybody lives in the twin cities of Minnesota, uh, but if they were interested in duplicating this wherever they are, what would be some first steps or some resources that you could provide? Sure. Well, first, if you want to take a closer look at what our school looks like and what it's um, kind of how we structure it, our website is www.awakeningspiritschool.com. Right now, we are actually operating back as a homeschool collaborative. We're not a private school anymore. That's just how it works with the city code out here. And basically, um, I am a for-profit business where I have my teachers on the payroll, but my teacher guides are all parents. And I think that um, it's it's not something you have to have, but I think it's really lent to the feeling of community and um, responsibility that we have for one another's children right. here. Mm-hmm. Is that every teacher or guide is a parent. We have wonderful volunteers who um, are able to come in. Jen volunteers and does a, uh, a Bible study for the older girls. She comes in and teaches home ec which is amazing. We've, you know, we have people who specialty are electricity or woodworking, and they've been able to come in at different times to teach kids things as they need that mentoring. Um, So that leads me to the micro school builders reference. Again, micro school builders is a wonderful um, organization, fully transparent. I am the I don't have an official title yet, but I am the vice president of Micro School Builders, and we help frustrated parents and and teachers um, build the school of their dreams in a year or less. And so we take teachers or parents who have this vision for what they want as an education for their children, and we help them through the business part of the whole planning, through marketing, through um, taking a look around and finding out, okay, what does my community need? What does my community need? Because your uh, collaborative or your school, a biker school, might look very different than Awakening Spirit School, but you are serving the child at the center of that school. And so that's a great resource. Uh, I'm available. I have a a calendar link on, on the Awakening Spirit page that you could schedule a Zoom call with me if you had a specific question or two. I'm happy to tell you a little bit more about my process. And um, we are looking for franchisees. I was not going to say that, but God just put that on my heart. You say it. You put it out there. (laughs) Um, I'm getting contacted by people all over the Twin Cities in Wisconsin, and they're asking if there's anything like this in existence. And right now, there isn't. So I have been working really hard to figure out what it would look like for um, somebody to come in and me to help coach them specifically to start a school. Remember, you don't have to start it in your own. It took me five years to move to a standalone building. This is something that is very easily started in the lower level of your home or in an outbuilding or wherever you have, there are different, um, all kinds of different opportunities for spaces and places. I have some, some people we're working with in Florida who have a like a, a schoolie, like a school bus that they retrofitted and they drive around and bring the kids to different locations every day. Cause that's just what works for them. So there are lots of, lots of different opportunities. And the most important thing is that you just start taking action and you start taking movement because 
there's a lot of people that have all these ideas and they sit and they go, oh, what if I didn't have to? What? Well, yeah. Okay. What if you didn't? What if you didn't? Yeah. Let's, let's start moving. Cause we need to, uh, if you really don't agree with something that's going on in the local school system or the private school, wherever you are, then the only way to change it is to take action. And I love what you said, uh, because a confused mind does nothing, right? And that's why I think it's so important that we share that there are these resources out here. There are people that have gone before you to pave the way and set up a duplicatable system that you can do this. If this is on your heart, if you have a group of parents or just yourself, like, is so intentional about how you want to raise or educate your own children or how you want them raised, like there are, there are resources out there. And that's why it was so important to me to get you on this podcast today, because what you're doing is so important. Like this is, this is your greatest life's work. And I'm just so thankful that I've gotten to have a front row seat to it. And I'm thankful for the gifts that you have and how you care about all of our kids, uh, just like they're your own. And um, gosh, Amy, I'm just so darn thankful for you. Well, thank you very much. I. Um... I definitely say prayers of Thanksgiving that that you and all of the families have um, come together and entrusted. You know, this is a, it's a big deal. Like your kids are the most important things in the world, and so I don't take that don't take that lightly at all. Yeah. Anything else that you would like to share today before we wrap this up? Um, the only thing that comes to mind, and I'm sorry, I don't have, I don't, I don't have the verse, but. Um, at the beginning of this whole, this whole, can I do this? Um, what would it look like if I started this school? What would I teach? How would I teach? I was reading um, an amazing study on Esther by Beth Moore. Mm. And I just keep going back to the message that if you feel called to do this, if you feel called to change something for your child or for children in your community, um, it's because you were made for such a time as this. Yeah, I knew that's and where you're going. It's the time. <laughs> it's well, time. Yeah, we'll we'll link that verse in the notes. I don't know what it is off the top of my head either, but that Esther anointing book. I remember when you read that because you gave it to me to read, and I probably read it five or six times. Um, and the call in my life is much different than yours, but the the core is the same for such a time as this. Um, and so thank you for just wrapping that up so beautifully. I will for sure look up the exact verse of that and link it in the show notes. But Amy, I want to thank you for being here today. I will also link the school and your contact information in the notes. So if anybody listens to this and wants to get in touch with you, Amy does offer this mentoring program. She does offer coaching. So if you're feeling overwhelmed, but you want to go after it, just don't be afraid to invest because you have no idea how far God can take you. And he puts people in your path for a reason, the people that have gone before and have paved the way. So I just want to encourage you today that if this is on your heart, that, that we're here to support you 100%. Amy, thanks so much for being here. It's been a pleasure as always. I am so grateful for you and just love to see God just continue to work in you in the school and just the gifts that the kids all have. So thank you for everything that you do. Thank you. We'll see you next time. Thanks so much for listening. If you liked what you heard today, it would mean the world to me if you would take 30 seconds and give me a five-star rating, write a quick review, and subscribe to the podcast. 
and share it with any of your family or friends that you feel like this episode could bless. It helps get the word out more than you know. Or if you know someone that's a hope dealer and has an incredible story that needs to be shared, go to my website at www.exaltedhealth.com forward slash podcast and fill out the podcast guest form. The world needs these stories of Jesus now more than ever. Or if you have a miracle or testimony of an incredible Jesus moment, you can go to our website and fill out the testimonial page for a chance to get a shout out on the podcast. We'll see you next time.